morning church a little sparse today but hey it's Memorial Day weekend so you guys ready to stand up and lift it up to the Lord with us as I walk this great unknown questions come and questions go was the purpose for the pain? Did I cry these tears in vain? I don't want to live in fear. I want to trust that you are near. Trust your grace can be seen in both triumph and tragedy. I have this depth of my soul in the flood or the fire you're with me and you won't let go but sometimes my faith feels thin 
Like the night will never end Will you catch every tear Or will you lead me here I have this hope The depth of my Closer than this breath that I take. You calm the storms when I hear you call my name. I still believe that one day I'll see your face. And I have this hope in the depth of my soul. In the flood or oh, the fire, you're with me. And I have this hope, the depth of my The flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. Cause Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as home. Crimson stain, he 
I think everybody, this, this is Memorial Day weekend, I don't think anybody in this room has not been touched by somebody who served this country. Everybody right now can think of somebody in your life, your grandfather, your uncle, maybe somebody with you right now. And we got, we got veterans here in the audience right now today that served overseas defending this country. This country is worth defending, right? We're here for a reason. We're here because of our love for, for God, but also our love for our country. If, if it wasn't for that, this church wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be free from the fear of, of, of just coming to church on a regular Sunday and praising our God. You know, other countries don't have the luxury of that. They got to hide in basements and hide, you know, for fear of somebody coming in there and doing something like that. So, um, so if you're here today and you woke up in a house that, that, you know, be thankful, be thankful for, you know, not just, uh, you know, uh, you know, didn't come to church, but just be thankful for the people who served and died for defending what's worth defending. You know, you see this symbol on my laptop. This is this is a symbol of sacrifice. So that's just what I believe in. Anybody else raise your hand? We, we believe in that. All right. How, how's everybody doing? It's a good, good reminder. Um, some, a lot of people get uh, Veterans Day and uh, Memorial Day mixed up. And um, yep. so one of the things, um, I had the opportunity to, to be at a place where um, there was a baseball tournament yesterday, and um, I was asked to uh, go ahead and say a prayer. Um, and then the, uh, they had um, a Marine share different. He said, this, this weekend's not for me. He said, um, it's for those of my comrades who paid the ultimate cost. He said, um, the, the statement that we all say is, um, all gave some and some gave all. This weekend's for those who gave all. And so we, um, we recognize that. And that is in the nature of the Christian faith because Jesus paid it all, right, and gave everything for that. So um, while we have our, our picnics and everything else that is just great celebrations with family and friends, let us not forget that there are those who did pay that ultimate price and those who still are doing that around the world today. All right. So, um, so and we'll have, we're going to um, recognize that in a, in a little while. Okay. All right, so um, I just, uh, my, my arm's getting better. I'm getting it here, okay? It's getting a little bit better. But um, uh, one of the awesome things is that we're able to come together and worship God, as Wayne alluded to. And so um, let's just do that. Let's just start with a prayer before we go further into worship. Sound good? All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Once again, we recognize all those who paid the ultimate price. Um, and God, we thank you for sending your son to pay that ultimate price for us. 
that he uh, conquered sin and death forevermore, that we um, can live forevermore with you by having faith in him. And so this Memorial Day weekend, um, as we celebrate all the wonders in the beginning of summer, God, let us focus on um, on those who we've uh, and we've talked about who served this country and paid the ultimate price. But ultimately, God, let us focus on you and glorify you and let us just worship you. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen.
lead us to your son. And so whatever you have planned out for us this day, this season, and for the rest of our lives, God, make real to us your presence in all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right at this time, our children can head to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry, and everyone else, you can say hello to someone around you. All right, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, again to Haven Community Church. I want to welcome everybody here, any visitors that we may have, um, and also any online viewers, welcome 
um, you're a part of our church as well. Um, anybody know the history of Memorial Day? It started as what? After the Civil War, called Decoration Day. Um, and then I was, I was surprised it's only been an official, official holiday since 1971, which was just a couple years ago. It was a great year. Somebody was born. Um, but, uh, so it's been a, long, a little while ago. But it's amazing that we, with all the wars and everything, we never really fully officially recognized that as a country until 1971. So, um, but we want to keep that um, together. So again, welcome to those of you here. Um, next Sunday, we are going to have our new members, if anybody's interested in membership. Um, also, we have an insert about Stephen Ministry. We have an active Stephen Ministry group. Um, that, there's Donna right there. Donna, um, anything about Stephen Ministry that we need to touch on? Okay, so in August, a new class, if you feel like um, you can read about Stephen Ministry, and that's something that you would be interested in, um, we will have a class for that as well. Okay, um, so you, um, you can take a look at that. Um, we also have our mission trip insert. So John and Laura, come up. And they're going to share uh, a little bit about the mission trip. They're called to go on the mission trip. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? If you can uh, look at your announcement bulletin here real quick, um, I want to go over a couple things in there real quick. On August, uh, first off, I apologize, myself is Jonathan White, and this is my wife, Laura, for those of you that don't know us. Uh, we are going on the mission trip. It's on uh, August 5th. There's uh, about approximately 15 of us from Haven that are going to Haiti. Um, even if you cannot go, you can participate by providing support uh, to send others. The trip is an estimated cost for the whole group of $18,000. And we're looking uh, for support uh, to make that possible. Uh, there are several different options that I'll go over that you can uh, follow along with me. You can make a contribution today. You can put it in the offering. Just ask that you uh, put a little note on there that says for the Haiti mission trip. Uh, you can also make a pledge support. Um, in your bulletin, you'll see one of these. All right, you can uh, do a pledge support. Um, you can complete the information on there. You can place that um, in the offering as well. And an important thing with that is it's not due until December 31st, so the end of the year. So you don't have to have the money in today. Um, you can donate online, havencc.org, um, Haiti uh, Mission Trip. You can make a donation there. Um, you can donate individually or to the group as a whole, whatever you choose to do there. Um, and then most importantly, pray for the team as we get ready to travel to Haiti. We ask that everybody prays as we continue to plan for the trip, um, for the funding, for the safety, um, for God's mission, what God leads us to do there. Um, so those are all your options there. Um, about Laura and I, we currently sponsor a child in Haiti, and we have for the last several years. And we have wanted to go there um, for quite a while. We've been praying about it. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that God has put it in... Um, the leadership team, the mission trip teams. Um, it's happened for a reason here that um, everybody's prayed on it and that we are going to go to Haiti. Um, I don't feel that's by coincidence. Um, Laura and I are both extremely blessed, uh, not only by God, but by Haven Community Church and all of you here. Um, we've been provided for abundantly. Um, like I said, we've been praying about this a long time. We feel that God is leading us to go. Um, not only do we serve in the local community here and within the church, but I think it's important to 
for all of us to get out of our comfort zone and go out around the country to other countries and uh, go out there and spread God's word and the love that he has for all of us. So we're really looking forward to the opportunity to, to do that. And um, if anyone else is interested, has any uh, questions, wants any more information about it, you can go on the website. You can find um, either one of us after church. We can talk about it. Um, if anyone else here, I know there's a few people. Debbie, if everyone else could just stand up that's going on the trip as well. Could you just stand up? That way you can see everybody. There's people in the back. Give them a round of applause. If you have any questions or want any further information, feel free to go on the website or contact one of us. We'd be glad to talk to you about it. Again, pray about this. Pray for us. Uh, pray for the people of Haiti that we can spread God's love and word that he has so graciously uh, given us. Thank you. Good. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely be in prayer about that. Uh, Jim and Doran, right? I, I know they, they contacted us. Um, Jim's uh, was on deployment for a while and um, uh, came back for a little while, right? And, um, and so they, they con he contacted me and wanted to share something a little bit. Here you go. Here you go, Doran. How is you? Okay. I get to speak. All right. Um, his would be much shorter. I'm not good at this, so bear with me. We consider ourselves very blessed to have found Haven Community Church. Um, in the short time we've been here, we've witnessed God's love in the many acts of kindness that you guys have done for us and for others amongst the church and complete strangers and um, especially the guys overseas getting the gifts. It was such a blessing. Um, and it's hard to find words to express just how thankful we are. So um, we have on April 17th, 2017, and please look up that date because it is important um, this flag was flown on a mission um, for a joint effort between the U.S. and um, United Kingdom Royal Air Guard, Air Force. Um, and um, we are dedicating this flag to Haven Community Church for your kindness and your love and the way you show it. So thank you so much. Awesome. Sure. April 17th also was my birthday. So, isn't that cool? That's right. Hey, God. So now you know when I was born exactly. So, thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Um, sometimes you just, like I said, we ha we've had two announcements today about, about connecting. A lot of times we don't realize. And when we go to this point in this time and offering. Here, I got this one on. Sorry. Um, when we go to this time. Uh, I'll go back here. Uh, we don't realize, um, we, a lot of times we, we give, um, we put boxes together, we do those things, we don't realize the impact it has. Um, and a lot of times, because of stuff in life, it's kind of hard to realize that we're having any impact at all. So today, you guys have just learned um, a little bit more about having a, a global impact and impacting people's lives forever. Sometimes, I know we've had, we've had people in the service, sometimes just getting something from home makes all the difference, right? 
So um, continue to lift um, those up in prayers as well. Um, also, uh, our time for prayer time. I want to I reiterate, please go ahead and fill these out um, so we don't uh, take all the time to go around. So if you have a prayer and you forgot to put that down, go ahead and put it down. Debbie will double check before she leaves back there today to make sure that we have prayers. Or if you want to go online, you can add those on Facebook or on a regular page. But um, Jill just asked for prayers. Uh, thanks for prayers and cards. So good so far. She had surgery this week. She can't, not allowed to speak till Tuesday. Okay, so uh, thank you. Not allowed to speak for a while. Um, and so um, continue to lift her in your prayers as well. And Mike and Rebecca Stecker have asked for prayers for William Husfeldt, who had a heart attack um, and emergency surgery last week. Again, we want to keep all those with the whole Manchester uh, horrific situation that occurred this week. This is the world we live in now. Um, and, um, and also, um, on my phone it popped up um, that there were eight who were shot and killed in um, Mississippi last night. Um, so uh, this is becoming sadly regular. Um, and so we, um, this is not what God intended, right? And so um, just lift all those people in your prayers as well. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you today recognizing... Um, Again, we've, we've spoken so much about the ultimate cost that's paid and, um, and heard um, from those who, uh, who, um, who this church has made an impact and looking forward to a mission trip where those are making impact. God, um, continue to use us for your kingdom and help us to just... Um, right now, God, I just want to give a prayer that you help us rekindle a love for you. Not everything else, but rekindle a love for you. A love that um, may have gotten clouded. A love that may have gotten lost in the stuff. And so, God, right now, as we do that, um, we recognize um, all those prayers that have been lifted up for those who've had surgeries and are on on the recuperation, uh, are recovering, um, and for those who um, may be dealing with sickness and infirmity right now. Whatever it is, God, we know that you are the answer. And I ask that you just be very present here today. And God, just send your hand upon the gifts and tithes. Um, you gave them to us in the first place. We are so blessed. And so, so just um, your, your hand of favor rests on every one of us here. And so God, just bubble that up and boil it over for your kingdom here and around the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. And ask you all to please stand for the song. You know, I just want to, you know, again, we're, you know, we talked about sacrifice, and it's all through God's amazing grace. Just want to hear you guys lift your voice today as we sing this song.
precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a
Today's epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 12. J.B. Phillips's New Testament. Base your happiness on your hope in Christ. When trials come, endure them. Patiently, steadfastly, maintain the habit of prayer. Here we are, believe it or not. It has been seven weeks since Easter. All right, it's been seven weeks since Easter, and we, when we started this Hope Rising series, um, isn't, that, isn't that hard to believe that it's gone that quick? Um, so hopefully that you've those of you who participated in, and been um, connecting with the Hope Rising series that it's been it's been really good to hear some of the topics of discussion and some of the small groups get to ask questions and things, and so it's been really good. Um, from that standpoint. Um, so many of you may be wondering what's next. Okay, so, well, it is Memorial Day, and as you guys recognize, church is open, which is awesome, and this is the start of the summer, which means church is open all summer, which is awesome. And, um, and so, but, and to start off, we're going to do a, a new series. The new series is going to be called Daniel Days, okay? Um, Daniel Days, and what we're going to talk about is how, um, is uh, where we look at godly living in, in, ungod- in ungodly times. Um, it just has really been, um, Dan- we're gonna, it's a study in the book of Daniel. We're going to go through the book of Daniel. And um, those in Disciple 2, we've been uh, really talking about how, even though this is you know, thousands of years ago, it is really fitting for today, much of the discussions that we've had. And so it just led me to Daniel. And, um, and so we're going to really um, unpack some things about Daniel over the next several weeks and that's where we're headed from there, so if you're interested. For those of you who have small groups, you're wondering, what do we do now? Hopefully, you'll continue, and if you need some resources, we'll help you go ahead and do that as well. Now, many of us have an expression that we use when things get tough. Has anybody ever said, I'm, uh, I'm in over my head? Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever felt like you're in over your head? Okay. Anybody there now? Some of you may be over your head vocationally. 
For instance, with layoffs and uh, cutbacks and uh, quotas and downsizing and all kinds of things, you're responsible for more work than you've ever been. You're working the job of three people, and they're paying you less than they, what they used to for one. Some of you may be over your head in that way. Some of you are dealing with an impossible situation in your career. Others of you um, may have lack of work, and so you're getting over your head there. Others may be over your head relationally right now. Some of you are in a marriage or your family or everything seems to be out of control. you got tempers flaring. Um, trust is broken. Um, you may have some other kind of thing. For others of you, it may be aging parents or wayward children, a son or daughter, and you're in over your head. Some of you are over your head medically, that you've gone and you've been tested and you've gone through surgeries, you've gone through other things, and it's not getting better. And so you feel like you're over your head and you don't know what to do. Some of you are over your head educationally. Some of you are coming to a point where you um, are in the middle of uh, college or grad school or um, high school and you're seeing your friends graduate and you wish you were. Some of you are graduating and beginning to um, figure out and you've pretty much solidified where you're headed next and there's some angst there. There's also some confusion and some other things. Some of you have just been through uh, a year or two or three of school and you are way over your head and you want to quit right now. Um, and some of you right now are saying, I can't believe this is what he's talking about today because that's exactly where I am. I am over my head in life, and I really need to hear this. So as, we were, as was read to us today by Wesley, look at what it says in Romans chapter 12 from the Phillips Version. Base your happiness on your hope, there's that word, in Christ. When trials come, endure them patiently. How many of you are good at that? No. Um, steadfastly and steadfastly maintain the habit of prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because sometimes prayer is the only option that you have. And so what we see when we look at the scripture, we see the disciples. The disciples saw that Jesus maintained this habit of prayer. They saw him when he would get up early in the morning to pray, when he would go across the lake to pray, um, when they saw him to fast and pray, when they saw him withdraw from crowds and pray. And they were so enamored by his unique sense of prayer life that they actually asked him in Luke chapter 11, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, have they prayed before? You think the disciples ever prayed? Of course they did. They were good Jewish boys, right? They learned how to pray. And so they knew how to pray, and they had prayed before. Was prayer a part of their lives? Yes, of course it was. But with Jesus, they saw something different. They saw a habit. They saw it was part of his life. And so after he told them this model of prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer, all right, which is a model of prayer, he tells them a story. He tells them a story about a friend who has a friend who has a friend. So we're talking about three friends here. And it starts in Luke 11, verses 5 through 13. If you have your Bibles, you can look that um, up or you can pull it out on your uh, tablet or your phone or whatever. And so here's the story begins. The story begins this way, where Jesus says, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. Stop. How many have friends that let you come up to their house at midnight? How many people, if you went up to their house at midnight, they'd wonder, what do you want? Okay. So this is what happens. So he has a friend. And suppose you go to them at midnight and say, friend, Lend me three loaves of bread. How many, how many of your friends would be really excited that you came to their house at midnight, knocked on the door and said, I need some food? Okay, because why? He says, guess what? A friend of mine 
was on a journey and he showed up at my house in the middle of the night and I have nothing to eat. How many of you are still enjoying this? How many of you could be the friend that if they woke you up, you'd be excited about that? Well, Jesus says this. Here's what happens. This one friend has an unexpected problem. An out-of-town guest, friend number two, shows up at his house and he's hungry and it's midnight and he has no food in the house. So he goes next door to his neighbor's house and asks for something to eat. Now, how many of you have ever had a friend show up in the middle of the night at your house when you didn't expect them? Anybody? How many of you were really thrilled to hear it, see that person? How many were happy, but you were like, why couldn't you call? Why couldn't you send some things? I, I've had, how many have ever had a stranger show up at your house in the middle of the night? Okay. Um, that, two very interesting situations. One time, many of you may know Reverend Kenny Davis, who is an evangelist and a pastor. One time in the middle of the night when we lived over on Blake Road, uh, we had a knock on our door, and um, around the same time, the phone was call, ringing. I was wondering what was going on here, and I opened the door, and there's Kenny Davis. And if anybody knows Kenny, there is never a time where he's not awake. Hello, real loud. And I'm like, Kenny, what are you doing? It was like, it was a Saturday evening, and he was traveling through, and he, something happened, and he, uh, he needed to, uh, a place to stay for the night, and so mom, he called mom and dad, didn't see if they knew anybody in the area, and they said, go to Jack's house, it's right near there. So Kenny shows up at my house all loud like Kenny is um, at 12 o'clock, and I, I don't even know whether we had kids at the time, we may have had one or, or two, and, and so Kenny came in, spent the night, and got on his way, and do you need, then immediately you, you want to be hospitable to your friends, right? You want to say, okay, do you need anything? Here you go, you can sleep in this room, blah, 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 you do all that kind of stuff. Now, other times, there was one time at that same house, Melissa and I were getting ready to move out of that house into our other house, and in the middle of the night, I'm talking like 3 o'clock in the morning, I hear this. We had the small like porch that was on there, that a screen door, and I heard this, bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, what is that? Bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I go, and there's a man standing at my door, pounding on it, bang, 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 bang. And Melissa goes, don't go out there. I was like, well, what does he want? I don't know. She goes, don't go out there. I said, okay. So I threw open the window. And I said, what do you want? And he's like, Jack Cohen. I was like, that's me. And he goes, I'm, and he gave me this name, who I had no clue who he was at the moment. And I said, huh? And he goes, I know that you went to the courthouse and you turned my name in for having cars out in my yard and this, three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I know, you, you know who he is. And he's yelling, and I didn't do it, number one. Number two, I said, are you drunk or are you just crazy? And he's, come on out of here. I'm like, okay, Melissa, like, you're not going outside. I'm like, what do I do? And then he, I said, why don't you go home? And he said, okay, and he gets his car and goes home. The next day, I figured out who he was, and I was not happy that he came to my house for something I didn't do, all right? And I swear I didn't do it. If you've been to my house, I got a car through there, right? So, but I wasn't opening up the door and saying, come on in. Let's sit down. I'll go to the neighbors, see if they got bread for you, you know? We don't do that for people we don't know, and at this point at 3 o'clock in the morning, really don't like, all right? We don't do those things. But that's not what happened here. The friend had somebody who he liked, and he went, he went to his friend, friend number three, knocked on his door, bang, 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 just like that guy on my door, bang, 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 bang. And the guy's like, he's like, hey, what? 
I need some help. What do you want? It's midnight. He says, I'm really sorry to bother you, but friend number two stopped by, and we all ate everything in the house because, you know, there's no refrigeration and things here. So you got some bread that I can borrow and feed him? Now, if you're that friend, at that point, you have two things you can say. Sure, let me get up and go find stuff. Other times, Jesus says, this person says, go home and go back to sleep. I'm tired. You can get bread tomorrow. It could be a one-room house. You don't want to wake up his family. But listen to what it says in Luke 11, 7. Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Now, could he? Yes, but he didn't. Now, this is a great example. Why is Jesus telling this story after he gives a model of prayer? Because if any of you have prayed like me, you've had an experience like friend number one where you've needed something, you prayed for it, and you haven't gotten it, and it's been a frustrating experience. Anybody ever had a frustrating experience in prayer? I've been frustrated with prayer before, and that's one of the things that I want to share with you. Um, if you're like me, you have been a disappointed prayer at times. A disappointed prayer. Who has been a disappointed prayer at times? That in your life you prayed and, and ended up with disappointment. Reminds me of the story of a man named Bubba. And Bubba went to the pastor and said to him, Pastor, I need you to pray for my hearing. And the pastor immediately went and grabbed him by the ears and started to pray and called for God to heal him and everything else. And after he got done praying and said, amen, he said, how's your hearing? And then Bubba said, I don't know. It's not until next Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Sometimes that's how we feel like we're praying to God, right? Sometimes we feel like we're praying and God's not getting what we're saying. Or maybe he's just not paying attention at all. And we have that. Many of you have prayed for guidance you prayed and your marriage isn't getting any better. The cancer is not disappearing. Your desire for drugs is not going away. The pregnancy test is still negative. The depression feels like it's getting worse. My guess is that every one of us in this room or watching today have at one point prayed and been disappointed by prayer. And I don't know why God doesn't answer all the prayers fully or it doesn't seem like that, but we know that it's mysterious. And some things... There are some things I have learned about this. I've learned that sometimes we're disappointed in prayer because often we pray for the wrong things. There are times in life where we just pray for the wrong things. Someone once said that there's four things that, uh, four ways that God answers prayers. Yes, no, wait, and you gotta be kidding me. You see, at the end of the story, in verse 11 and 12, it says, which of your fathers, if asked his son for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? You see, a loving father doesn't want to give things to the children that are harmful for them. For instance, if you ask a three-year-old or a four-year-old what they want for dinner, they will say cookies, ice cream, cake, right? If you're a good parent, you don't give that to them every night. Yeah, if you're having a lazy moment, sure, okay? But you don't give that to them every night because you want them to be healthy. You want them to be good. A four-year-old will ask for the wrong things in life. And so that's what happens. You know, I, I was really good when Melissa and I were first married at a prayer. I had a good prayer because, you know, when you first get married... You know how you have like those little things? It's never the big things. It's always the little things like the toothpaste cap and that kind of stuff, right? You, there's those little things. And you know, you, when, you're, when, you're, um, when you're early in your marriage, you often end up praying a good prayer. God, please change Melissa. Right? That was good prayer. God, could you change her? I mean, you know, come on, God. You know, I'm right here. Anybody ever prayed that? 
if you're sitting next to your spouse, just kind of go, okay, like that, all right? But what ends up happening is, ultimately, I realized I was praying for the wrong thing because what God really needed to do was change me, okay? Not, not Melissa, but me. And so that's the prayer that God needs to bring out. So sometimes we pray for the wrong things. Other times we pray with the wrong motives. You know, like one time, a, a mother of Jesus' good friends, James and John, came to her, Jesus and said, Jesus, I've got to ask something from you. One request. And here's what it is. When you come into your kingdom, I want to know if one of my sons can be on your right and one can be on the left. In other words, I want them to be the top two next to you in the kingdom. In other words, she wanted something for her boys, being a good mom, right? She wanted to be elevated up. But Jesus said, you don't even know what you're asking. My way is the way of the cross, and my way is suffering. My way is selfless and ends up with pain and suffering in order to bring glory. Is that what you want for your kids? And you know what's very interesting about that? James, they, both of those bookend the disciples. James died first, John last. So in some ways, they were on the right and the left of, of everything. Um, kind of interesting that happens. James, the brother of Jesus, says, even when you ask, you do not get because you, your whole motive is wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. Let me ask you a question. How many of you prayed to win Powerball this week? If you won, be sure to tithe, I just want to say. Um, it's biblical. But no, a lot of times we pray for those wrong motives for something that we don't want. God, I want a mate. Um, and that, so what we'll do is we'll pray with the wrong timing. We say, God, I want a mate. I want a boyfriend. I want a girlfriend. I'd like to have a spouse, and I'd like to have it by 4th of July. And so we want our timing to be. You see, God's timing is different than ours. Actually, in the Greek, they have different words for time. He prepares us and matures us for the right time. And sometimes God needs to work in the right person before the right time. And some of us, when we ask God, we get so frustrated because it's the wrong timing that we begin to go ahead and say, well, I'm not going to ask God again. And that's equivalent at times to like if I said, I asked my dad to take the car and he wouldn't give it to me. So I'm not going to ask him again, ever, ever again. And you can say, well, but at that time you were 12 years old. Now you're 45. About time you go get your license. You see, the timing wasn't right for me to ask my father. And so this is the same thing as it is with God. That timing is there and timing is off. So there's a second group of prayers among us. And those are developing prayers. Developing prayers. Developing prayers are those who are a disappointed prayer, but they don't give up on God. They continue with him. That's what friend number one did. Jesus tells in the story, even though he was disappointed when it's never said, go back home and go to bed. Go to sleep. I'm not getting up. He didn't stop. And if you look in verse 8, he keeps knocking, and, and it says that it refers to his persistence as he has shameless audacity to keep knocking. After the person said, he kept knocking, kept knocking. Now, there are several things about a developing prayer that I want to give to you in our time here today. When friend one, number one had an unexpected problem, he turned to who? A friend. Somebody he could rely on. Someone he had a personal relationship with. This relationship was close enough that he could go knock on the door of somebody in the middle of the night and expect that it wouldn't break their friendship. Now, as I look around this room, there are several of you that if you came and knocked on my door at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, 
Awesome. There's some ones that if I came and knocked on your door, one, two o'clock in the morning, you'd be like, hey, what's up? How can I help? There are others you'd be like, what did I do? You know, uh, what, what I need. And some people who would be a little bit freaked out by me showing up at that time. But because of my personal relationship, because we have spent time with each other and vice versa, you spent time with me, you can stop by any time. Don't try it this week. But if you, want, if you need something, I would be there for you. And I hope um, it would be vice versa. You see, I have a close personal relationship with my wife, Melissa. So when I want something or need something from her, I don't say, oh, thou wonderfulest female in thine house. I prayest that thouest could get me some sockets because my other sockets are dirtieth. And so, and so exa- what ends up happening is I go to her and say, hey, Melissa, I don't have any socks. Where, where are all the socks? I need some clean socks. And she says, exactly, the washing machine's downstairs. You can go wash them yourself if you want to. All right? But um, sh- we have that relationship. We have that personal relationship. So I can, we can talk to each other like that. And God can talk to you as well like that. Developing prayers possess a personal relationship with God where they understand him. Jesus said, I know my sheep and, and, and they know my voice. Because there's a personal relationship. Hebrews 10, 19 in the New um, Living Translation says, We can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. And what is that holy place? It is where the presence of God is. We don't need a priest. We don't need a saint. We don't need an intermediary. We don't need to speak King James English. Uh, We don't need to dumb it down. We just need to go into the throne room of God because of direct communication by the blood of Jesus Christ. That he paid the price for us. And many of us don't have a good prayer life, and I'm going to simply just say it, because we don't have a good personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the main reason why our prayer life is hurting. The greatest thing that some of you can do today is to establish that personal relationship with Christ. Next thing that we have is developing prayers maintain a healthy sense of inadequacy. Think about it. This man humbled himself. I've got a problem. I'm inadequate. I don't have any food. Knock, knock, knock. Some of us need to go ahead and say, God, I've got a problem. I can't handle it. I need you to handle it for me. I want to show you a brief video of three people from the Hope Rising series that share a little bit about their inadequacy and God's need. When my husband was 30, he ended up with a brain aneurysm. And um, at that point, I was by myself with two little kids wondering if he was going to make it through. Growing up, prayer was usually my way of getting my wants uh, fulfilled and my needs fulfilled by God and really nothing too much more than that. And I had encountered a moment in my life, really a season where uh, that container of prayer was not going to give me any hope. I feel like I'm an average mom, an average wife and I have a unique career. But Beyond my career, I think that uh, we just living life and being on this planet are exposed to a lot of heartache and a lot of brokenness that was never part of God's design. And all I had was prayer and um, a lot of deep, dark hours through the night. And that was the time that I came closest to God, that he um, didn't leave me or forsake me. 
During this same season, I had some surprises in my life. I ended up uh, through a leadership vacuum situation, the pastor of a church, which I did not expect happening in my life. I had uh, a couple kids and um, all the surprises and change that having a family and being a dad brings you. And then in the midst of that, uh, some marital difficulties that I didn't fully comprehend at the time were brought to my attention by my wife. and. She had reached a point where she didn't see our marriage continuing. For me, prayer has been uh, a constant comfort. It's been a source of strength. It's been a tool for refinement in my heart and in my life. It's given me a new lens to look at my circumstances with because there's so many challenges and so much brokenness in this life. But he was there and he saw me through. And um, my husband's doing great. That was um, almost 30 years ago. That I was right where he knew I was, that he was walking right there with me. And he knew the end from the beginning. He knew that I would have another child. He knew that uh, I would spend two decades of incredible ministry, being the pastor of that church. And that today I'd be married 27 years uh, in, a, in now in a marriage to the same wonderful woman and that it would never be sweeter than it is right now. Run to prayer. Let that be our first thought. Let that be our first response to a frustration or a hurt or a heartache or um, an unfair situation we find ourselves in. Let that be our first, our first go-to. as Julie mentioned at the end of that, run to prayer. That sometimes prayer is the only thing that we have because developing prayers also pray with an intense passion. Look at what Jesus said in verses 8 and 9. He said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find do what? Knock, and the door will be open to you. What this guy did is continue to knock. Hello? No, I don't have any bread. Go home. No? Come on. Come on. What are you going to do? Kids are great at this, aren't they? They continue knocking, knocking, knocking. Daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, mommy, daddy, I need. Daddy, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom. What? Jesus is not saying to annoy the packing out of God. What he's doing is not making a comparison, but a contrast. And he's saying, if your good friend won't get up unless you keep on knocking, how much more will your heavenly Father who loves you get up and give you what you need when you need it? Because he loves you. That's what he's saying. That's all he's saying to you right there. Did I? Okay, that's all right. I knocked it off. You've got to be passionate. You've got to keep knocking. You've got to put it before God. In verse 13 it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, we've been disappointed prayers, and we've got to develop to developing prayers but eventually those who end up as developing prayers, you end up becoming devoted prayers. 
and devoted prayers. The power of prayer works in two ways. If anybody ever gets a thing from the prayer list from Debbie here, it says the power of prayer on it. And the power of prayer works in two primary ways. God works to, number one, developing prayers know that prayer changes circumstances. Ultimately, that's what we pray for. And many of you may remember the name King Hezekiah, who was a very good king. And Isaiah came to him and said, you're going to die. And he went before God and said, please, God, let me live. Let me live. I want to do more for you. And God changed his mind and changed the circumstance and gave him 15 more years. Hezekiah's prayer changed his his, uh, circumstance and made a difference. I want to tell you a story about a guy named Tony Campola. Anybody heard of Tony Campola? Tony Campola is a Christian sociologist, great communicator and preacher. He worked at Eastern College in Pennsylvania. He's retired now. And he tells a story of this, that there was a Pentecostal college near Eastern College in, near Philadelphia. And he said, I'm not Pentecostal, but I talk fast enough that they think I'm speaking in tongues. That's what Tony Campola said. So before I spoke, they, eight men called me into a room to pray for me. And he said, it was, it was an awesome experience when they pray for you because they pray. I mean, really pray. And he said, so they were, laid hands on me and they prayed for me and it was good. But as they got praying more and more, they started to get tired. And when they started to get tired, they were pushing, eight men were pushing on my head and pushing me down. And he said, and then one guy wasn't even praying for me. He decided to go ahead and pray for somebody. And he said, dear Lord, um, you know Charlie Stolfus, and he lives in that silver trailer down the road, um, just right from here, about a mile. You know the trailer, Lord, right on the right-hand side. And I felt like, Tony Campolo said, I felt like saying, knock it off, fella. What do you think God's saying? Um, what's that address of that Stolfus guy again? Can you give it to me? And meanwhile, they're shoving my head down, and I'm asking myself, when's this guy going to knock it off? I got preaching to do. And he said, so he sat there some more, and he, he went on some more. You know, Charlie Stolfus is planning on leaving his wife and three children today, as he told me. And so God, and Tony's like, come on, get over it. So after several, several minutes of pushing his head down and praying for Charlie Stolfus in the silver trailer up the road about a mile on the right-hand side, finally they said amen. Tony said he went, and he began to preach. And afterwards, he got in his car, and he started to head to the turnpike, and he noticed a hitchhiker. He said, yes, I know I'm not supposed to pick up a hitchhiker, but I'm a pastor, so if I can get somebody locked in a car for a little bit, and I can talk to them about Jesus, awesome. So he picked up the person, he got him in his car, and they started to drive on the turnpike, and he said to him, hey, what's your name? And the man said, my name is Charlie Stolfus. He said, after I heard that, I got to the next exit. I turned around. The guy got, Charlie got a little bit nervous. He said, where are you going? He said, Charlie, you just left your wife and your three children, and I'm taking you back home. He said he got, his eyes got really big. He moved all the way to the side of the door and sat there as he was going. And he said, if you thought that was bad, when I went right to his house and turned the silver trailer up the road on the right, he said, how did you know? He said, God told me. He said, I believe he did. And he got out. He got out of the car, and he went up there, and he leaned over to his wife, and she said, you're home, you're home, and he leaned over and started telling her, and she looked over at me, and her eyes were big, and Tony Campola said he got out, he got out, and he looked at the two of them, and he said, you two are going to sit down, and I'm going to talk, and you're going to listen, and man, it was like E.F. Hutton, they were listening. (laughs) That afternoon, Charlie Stolfus and his wife both decided to become followers of Jesus Christ, And today, Charlie is a pastor. Sometimes prayer 
changes circumstances. But secondly, what I believe prayer does all the more is prayer changes you. Prayer changes you. And when prayer changes you, it's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. God didn't answer the Apostle Paul's prayer for the thorn in the side to remove it from his flesh. God didn't answer Jesus' prayer for another way besides the cross. Instead, God sent an angel to strengthen him. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. God says, for reasons you don't understand, I'm not going to change these circumstances. But what I am going to do is give you the grace to change you and to make you into who I need you to be. So here's how I want to conclude this message series today. It's simple. I just want you all to ask yourselves over these topics, how many of you need hope rising? How many need are in a situation that's over your head right now and you just need God to come and lift you up a little bit? I mean, a lot of us are very proud, aren't we? A lot of us are in situation we feel like we need to deal with it all on our own. But none of us can deal with anything on our own. Jesus knew that. He sent people out in twos, right? Jesus needed his disciples around him to help lift him up. He needed them to pray while he was going through the roughest time of his life. And so today, as the, the um, Stephen ministers are up front, and I'm going to be up here as well today doing a song, the greatest thing that some of you can do is establish a relationship with God through, uh, through Jesus Christ. The best thing that others can do is to renew that. I get a feeling in my spirit that there's just some people here today that life is hit. You may be over your head. You may be hardened. You may just be broken. Whatever it is. Jesus says, you have hope in me. Hope rising in my life. I want you to stand where you are today and if if you need to humble yourself like that one man and say, you know, Jesus, I, I have stuff I need. I've been trying to do it myself, so I'm going to reach out to you. Help. I need you to be the forgiver and leader of my life. God, have mercy on me. Let's pray. Lord God, as you move through this room, we've made a journey from Easter till today. And God, I'm going to tell you, if hope hasn't risen in anyone's life during this time, we've wasted our time. But all that can change right now. Somebody today says, God, I need you in my life. I need you to renew my life. There may be a Charlie Stolfus that's here today that is watching or or is right in this room saying, I'm getting ready to just leave everything. I've had enough. I'm broken. There may be somebody right now who's a Charlie Stolfus who is relating that to God. And God, right now, they need a Tony Campola to drive up and pick them up and to show them that you are real and that you are present. And God, I pray that right now you do that. There's others that may be broken by all kinds of things. There's others that just may be tired. There's others of us that may be going through some of the biggest struggles in life. Whatever it may be, God. You know the answer. When our only option is prayer, that's one of the best options we can have to talk to our daddy. Give us hope in hopeless situations. Tell us that you are that unstoppable God that we sang about before. More importantly, make your son real to us in this world. 
In a world, God, that every time we turn on the TV or pick up a phone or see a news, somebody is hurting and destroying and killing. This is not what you intended. This is not the life abundantly that you have for us. Bring your spirit here today in Christ's name. Amen. As I walk the great unknown, questions come and questions go. Was there purpose for the pain? Did I cry these tears in vain? I don't want to live in fear. I want to trust that you are near. Trust your grace can be seen in both triumph and tragedy. We got this hope. And I have this hope. The depth of my soul. In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. But sometimes my faith feels thin. Like the night will never end. Will you catch every tear, or will you just leave me here? And I have this hope, the death of my soul. In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. I have this hope. And I have this hope, the death of my soul, in the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. So, whatever happens, I will not be afraid, you are closer than this breath that I When I hear you call my name I still believe that one day I'll see your face And I have this hope In the depth of my soul In the flood or the fire You're with me and I have this hope, the depth of my soul, in the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go. Right, and whatever flood or fire, whatever you're going through, I have this hope, and I hope that's what you have. Um, again, remember the, uh, those uh, who have lost loved ones um, that have made it able for us to come and worship the Lord in this, in this great country. With all its flaws, with all the stuff we got going on, we live in the greatest country in the world, 
and have the freedom to worship the Lord, all because of those paying the ultimate price. And so um, keep that in mind, but also keep in mind that you have hope, and his name is Jesus. It's all that we need. It's all that we have. And I hope that you've enjoyed the Hope Rising series. Um, through this, I'm going to send uh, Gene Apple um, uh, a note and just thank him for, for sharing the, these uh, study materials with us. Um, just, an, just an awesome, awesome series and really touched touch my heart about hope. Um, and also, what I want you to do before you leave today, say hi to somebody um, and do it your way. Freak them out a little bit. Um, knuckle punch them, hug them, whatever. If they, if they hold their fingers up like this, run. Um, but most of all, have a great Great week, as next week we will deal with Daniel, talk about Daniel days, living uh, godly, godly living in, a, um, in ungodly times. All right, have a great week. God bless you all.